You're listening to Season 1, Episode number 49, The Cubs Vegas Gamble. I'm Dustin Rhodes. As always, I'm joined by my buddy Crowley. And uh, the Cubs announced earlier this week that the 2023 coaching staff would be some slight changes, but a lot of guys are staying on, including our next guest. That is Cubs bullpen coach Chris Young. Joining me now on the Fly the W podcast, we have bullpen coach Chris Young. CY, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I appreciate you having me. Thanks. Oh, it's our pleasure. And, uh, you know, exciting because it was announced this week that uh, you're coming back for your fourth season in the Cubs coaching staff. So that's some exciting news. Yeah, it's incredible. It's uh, it's been a, it's been a fun three years, kind of a, a quirky three years at times with some of the stuff we dealt with. So uh, I'm looking forward to uh, looking to forward to year four and uh, and some more wins. Right, right, right. And so, you know, I was kind of looking at your background. You're born and raised in Biloxi, Mississippi, and uh, attended Mississippi State University. Bulldog, right? Yes, sir. Believe it. And then the Colorado Rockies selected you in the 18th round of the 2002 MLB draft. Uh, You had to be a little bit nervous when you got that call, especially when it's the Rockies, and and you always know their history with pitchers, right? (laughs) Yeah. Well, at that point in time, you're just happy when the phone rings. You know, you're happy someone's getting you a chance to kind of go chase down your dreams. So uh, it was uh, it was an exciting day. Yeah, and you played six seasons of minor league ball with a couple of different organizations. You made it up to uh, AAA. Uh, was there a time, though, when did you first start to realize, you know, hey, maybe I'm not going to, you know, be able to keep doing this. I might need to look at something else. And when did the idea of coaching pop into your head? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, you get to AAA, and and, and I think back then, the 05, 06, 07, AAA was, was pretty close to the big leagues, and, and you could start to see, like, all right, I've kind of lost the ability to make some guys swings and miss here. So, um, and, and the guys that were flying by me could make some guys swing and miss. So it was kind of a, a clear indication of what was going on. And and so, you know, one, kind of once that, as that was starting to wind down a little bit, the real life scenario of all right what am I going to actually do for for real now at 28 29 years old I was fortunate to have a college degree um went back and finished so that so that was nice and um and I was I always look back in my baseball career and realize how fortunate I was to have incredible coaches and, and that was always something that I, I felt like was kind of bestowed upon me to give back because of what the coaches that I had when I was growing up right and so you started out as a scout with San Diego, and then you were a scouting supervisor for the Astros from 2015 to 17. And then after the 2017 season, the Phillies hired you as an assistant pitching coach. And then eventually you made it as the uh, pitching coach in 2019. So uh, the World Series had to have been really interesting for you, huh? <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, I mean, it was interesting just because it was just great baseball. I mean, I thought it was great baseball. It was great theater. Um, you know, two, two packed ballparks, two loud ballparks. I mean, it was great players all over the field on both sides, just, I mean, elite baseball players. And so I think that part, that part made it a lot of fun to just watch really good baseball every night. And then you get pulled at your heartstrings a little bit with some guys that you'd coach that you feel close with. And the, the Phillies manager, Rob Thompson was the bench coach when I was there, who I think is one of the most brilliant baseball men I've ever been around. And, and so you're really pulling hard for him and, and you've got some friends in Houston still. So um, it was it was nice to just sit back and, and enjoy what uh, what I actually thought was a really good baseball and a really good representation of our sport. I got to tell you, CY, I don't know how Thompson wasn't mentioned in manager of the year. I'm scratching my head on that one. Uh, you know, that was that was a team that looked like it was dead in the water right around the all-star break. And, and now they win the World Series and 
or I mean, make it all the way to the World Series. I mean, that was just incredible. But, uh, you know, in November 7th, 2019, Opportunity Knocks, uh, you're hired. You're the first new addition uh, to the coaching staff under David Ross. Did you know Rossi before you came over? No, I did not. Uh, we, we had not met. I had um, just really in passing in Philly, John Maley was our hitting coach. Um, who obviously was a hitting coach for the Cubs, World Series championship hitting coach, great human being. Well, we were playing here in the summer, and he said, hey, I want to walk you over and meet Tommy Hadovy. I think you guys would really hit it off. And yeah. um, he just happened to introduce Tommy and I. We stood out in center, center field in Wrigley for maybe 15, 20 minutes one day and just kind of just talked and caught up with each other and got to meet each other a little bit. And um, I thought, ah, you know, great dude. This guy's going to be great. We're really good at what he does. And we kind of went our ways. And then – was fortunate enough after after the after getting let go in Philly that my phone rang and and Tommy was reaching out. Yeah, that that had to have been amazing. And I know the Cubs did their homework. And uh, one of the things I was reading is that they checked in with uh, some pitchers that they knew, Jake Arrieta, you know, to ask about you. Tell me your relationship with Jake. How did that work out? Uh, you know, it was great. I mean, I, I think Jake was Jake was really. Um, I really enjoyed my time around Jake. I think you just. To, to be around that type of, of a competitor is just something you don't get the chance to, you don't get a chance to do that very often in coaching. I mean, a guy that's a, it's a Cy Young Award winner, a World Series winner, who every fifth day is, is, is ready to, to do everything possible to win. And so I really enjoyed my time around Jake. It's, he's, he's very intelligent. He knows a lot about himself. If, if you had some thoughts for him, he would challenge you um, in, in a really professional way. And so I really enjoyed my time around Jake and, and I thought we both kind of we both made each other better, and um, and so it was a really good uh, it was a really good relationship. I really enjoyed Jake. We were talking a little bit uh, off the air, and uh, you were you were telling me you know 2020 was your first year really, and that's when uh, you went to CubsCon, and then all of a sudden things kind of just went haywire. Um, but now you're going to be able to come back to CubsCon, which is going to be excited. Uh, as you sit here and you take a look at the Cubs fan and the fan base over the last couple of years, what really sticks out to you compared to the other stops you've been along on your career? Yeah, I mean, it's almost get goosebumps just having just having that question. I, I just it's, you know, it's just it's, it's really it's indescribable. Yeah, I, I compared a lot to. I was fortunate enough to play college baseball at Mississippi State, where where on a given weekend we would draw thirty thirty five thousand people on a weekend. Where wow. and you and you try to explain it to people, and they just you can never do it justice. And I and I just don't think you can explain to people what Wrigley Field is like in the summer on Friday at one twenty. You can use the best adjectives you can come up with. And it just really, it'll always fall short. And, and, and I, I don't think, I don't think there's a way to do it. I, I, I tell our guys all the time when, when we're walking in after a game out of the bullpen and the songs playing, I'm like, Hey, enjoy this walk boys. Like this isn't a walk that, that many other people get to do. And, and so it, it's, um, it means the world. It's an incredible place. The fans are incredible. The atmosphere is incredible. It, it's, it recruits itself. It sells itself. It, it's, it's like Disneyland. I think that's the best one I always come up with. It's like, and when you go to Disneyland, everyone's happy. And it's just, uh, I think that's the, that's the only way I've come up with. And it still doesn't feel like it does it justice. That's, that's well put. Now, see what question for you now, for our listeners out there who may not know, walk us through, you said 120 on a Friday, which is the best, you know, the best kind of thing. Walk me through the day of a bullpen coach and kind of what some of your roles and responsibilities are. Yeah, you know, and so uh, we start early. You know, we're normally we're normally plowing through that ballpark eight eight thirty and and trying to get some stuff ready. There's always prep for the next series that's coming up, so that always kind of takes a chunk of time. And you're kind of going through what happened in the game yesterday, like who got in, who pitched. I'll generally 
spend more of my time on the relievers. Um, but if but if Tommy's there or Moscos is there and needs a little something, we'll we'll stick ahead in on a starter too. But mostly just kind of going over what the guys threw yesterday, how it went. Is there anything we need to to hit them with in the morning before catch play before the game? Is there anything you know that's changed with their stuff, that's changed with their delivery, that's that's that we've noticed that's a trend that we want to kind of get in front of a little bit. And and then Tommy and I will will talk about who do we think um, is available for that day. Um, and then we try to get all that stuff wrapped up. So as the players start coming in, you'll have guys start popping in the video room, wanting to watch the game from the night before. You'll have guys that are that are feeling good and want to watch to see what they look like when they're going well. And you'll see some guys that are struggling that want to come in. And, and so you really try to get all your stuff done so that you're there for the players and, and you're there for the needs that they have before you head outside to play catch. And I think that the role of pitching coach and bullpen coach and, and all you guys that are working together as a team, there really is an important psychological component to it. I mean, to be a reliever, it has to be so difficult because you may walk into an absolute dumpster fight, you know, that's not of your own making, but somehow you just have to sit there and have nerves and, and, and you know, forget about the day before, you know, can't, you got to kind of just be focused in the moment and not everybody is wired that way. Oh, it's incredible. I, I tell people all the time, if you can imagine sitting around and, and eating and chewing some gum, a phone rings, and then within three minutes of that phone ringing, you're in front of 42,000 people screaming, and you're trying to figure out how to get out of this thing if you don't do your job while the game's over. And at times that happens in less than 10 minutes from the time the phone rings. And 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 if it doesn't go well, just a heads up, like there's a good chance that same scenario is going to come up again in 24 hours and you got to be ready to go at it again. And so it's, um, it's incredibly difficult what those guys do on a daily basis. It's incredibly difficult what we ask them to do. Um, and so you're right. I mean, I think physically there's always stuff we're monitoring. Technology helps us out monitor some of the physical stuff now, but, but I do think the, just the being available for these guys to listen sometimes, listen more than talk and, and to just be there for them and, and be there for them with the good times and be there for them the bad times. But I think more importantly, just it's all of our jobs to just be consistent with them, right? And to try and just teach that consistency because when, you, when you're down there and you see, and I've been as a bullpen coach in Chicago, I'm incredibly fortunate to see what a Craig Kimbrell looks like and a Jerry Jeffries and a Tapera and a Chafin and a David Robertson and a Michael Givens, what these guys that have been doing this for five, six, seven, 10, 13 years how they handle themselves and you just try and take a lot from that and you see the consistency and to your point of just, you just try to preach that to these younger guys. Right. And so, you know, it's, it's interesting now the game starts and how much time would you say the guys in there start are really kind of paying attention to the game? Do you think some guys are paying attention, not paying attention? Do they have their own routine? What goes on in that? So I, just so you know, I'm a season ticket holder. My season tickets over 20 years are in the very first row of the upper deck. And I got to live through the glorious years of when the bullpen was right outside up against the third baseline. Now they got you guys kind of penned up in, in the underneath left field bleachers. So I kind of feel bad that, you know, because it was such a fun experience back in the day. But what's going on under there while the game's going on? Yeah, it's different at home, right? Because you are, you are kind of away from everybody. And I think we talk about all the time. It's kind of got its perks and it's definitely got its downsides. I, I think like being in that environment, feeling that crowd, feeling the atmosphere, feeling the game a little bit like that part you miss. Um, but then there's also the, the, the added benefit of, of, you know, hiding out in the corner down there with some turf and stretching out and kind of rolling around on some foam rollers or, you know, like, let's be honest, you know, you goofing off a little bit in the first or two innings when, 
when guy when the starters are on a roll a little bit. But it, you know, these guys for the most part, like we all we, we've got the game. We, we we can see the game. We know what's going on. And and when the starters rolling and things are good, it's a little looser. And 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 these guys all understand. You know, if, if something starts to go awry out there, you know, it'll, it'll get a little bit more quieter down there, and, and guys will start to lock in and start to go through their routines a little bit. But you know, I think as a group, and I trust the players with this just as much as I, I think it's my responsibility is just to is to keep that room light, and right. to, and to keep that room fresh, and to keep it honest for how job how hard their jobs are, right? I, I think you don't you know it's there's no hiding from the fact that the phone rings and you're in the game bases loaded, nobody out in the seventh. But at the same time, like just being able to like keep it light, make jokes, like we kind of have a running saying down there that it's never too soon, and. And if you do something silly or you give up a run the night before or you give up a home run the night before, like there's a chance the next day someone's going to kind of crack a joke about it. And, and just so you just move on and get over <laughs> it and, and, and get going a little bit. And, and uh, we kind of, you know, I just think it's, it's part of that culture down there. Yeah. That it, it, it's a, uh, it's fun to watch. And, and sometimes, you know, I'll come down I'm in the bleachers every now and then I'll pop in and just kind of see that glass and see him in there. And I'm just like, man, that's just crazy. So the phone rings, you pick it up. Who's usually on the other line? Is it, is it Tommy or, or is it David sometimes? Yeah, most of the time it's Tommy. Yeah, every once in a while, if Tommy's making a mound visit, Rossi will grab it. Or if, 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 Tommy's, if Tommy's got something going on or Tommy and Rossi are talking green, he'll kind of pop down and grab it. But the majority of the time, yeah, Tommy will come down and we'll call and uh, kind of give you the heads up on what's going on. And you guys, like you said, talked about it the previous day and you, you get the guy up and run. Has there ever been a time where you're kind of watching and you're a little bit nervous, like something seems off, guy doesn't seem to have it, not as crisp? And what do you do in that situation? Yeah, you know, you don't worry much. I don't worry about it as much with, with performance, I think, as we do health. You know, where like sometimes, I mean, I think we've seen guys warm up down there and I'm going, oh, this might not be good. And then you go out and they strike out the side. And then I think, you know, you've had guys run out of the bullpen doors where you're like, dude, this is, that was electric. And then he can't get an out. And so I think the ebb and flow of that over the season, I think just when you think, you know, you probably don't. And and so I think sometimes the, the ones that get a little dicey down there is if you think a guy's arms hanging a little bit when he's warming up or, you know, he might slip or something and he grabs his back warming up and he tells you he's fine. Those are the ones that get a little bit dicey where you kind of want to call down and go, Hey, heads up like slipped on a pitch, warming up, just watch his back a little bit. Um, you know, cause it's, it's as much as that conversation makes sense in your head. Sometimes you, you call down to the dugout and now they're like, you just, what? you're just telling me the guy's hurt, you know, like, what do you got? And so you, you kind of want to walk that edge a little bit. So I, I think performance wise, you know, we try, we as a group get these guys to understand like, Hey, those eight, 10, 12 pitches in the bullpen that you're just getting your body warm. You're going to get eight when you get out there and you've been doing this, 40, 50 times already this year, it'll be there. Let's go to work. Right. Now, when you go out to uh, spring training, you work with all the pitchers, right? And then, but then once the season starts, obviously, you know, your focus is with the major league club. Do you, when you sit here and some of these guys get called up, you were talking about some names before, like David Robertson or Craig Kimbrell or, or some, or Efros or, you know, these type of guys but it seems like the Cubs are developing a lot of good young pitchers that are throwing gas. I mean, when we had, we've had Javier Assad on the show, Manny Rodriguez, I saw when he was at the alt site here near Schaumburg. I mean, some of these guys are just literally just very impressive and that's gotta be exciting, you know, because obviously velocity plays, you know, it's, it's, you know, you can't teach that sometimes. And it seems like the Cubs are developing that more and more in house. Yeah. I think our, our development team's done an incredible job and you're right. It, it's, 
velocity plays if if you watch the playoffs on tv and you watch what's coming out of the elite teams in our game you watch what's coming out of their hands it's velocity right it's velocity and breaking balls it's in the rotation it's in the bullpen it's in lefties it's in righties and and so uh to to win playoff baseball you have to miss bats and and generally speaking velocity paired with nasty you nasty spin is, is is the recipe to do it and and to your point, I think we've started to see some guys come up with the ability to do that lately. And, and so it's been it's been fun. I think it's been a blessing for them to have some of the veterans that have have come have been. In. And I think you see uh, you, you definitely have seen a lot more stuff come up. It's been great. Now, the other fun thing that I, I got to be a part of this season was seeing guys making their MLB debuts, guys that you kind of. You know, all of a sudden, I was there uh, for Hayden Wesniski's debut, you know, just stuff like that where it's just electric. And when you see those young guys and they're getting that opportunity, uh, how what is that like for you? I mean, you know, obviously, you know, usually like a guy like Hayden's going to be a starter, but I believe he kind of came in for Wade Miley, I think, on that debut. How is that for you kind of just kind of talking him through that, that, that very first night when the expectations are high? And again, you know, Wrigley's a lot different than, than a minor league part, especially when it's rocking. It is, and it, it is, and it, you know, it's, uh, you all, I, I kind of, my token line is, is like, I was telling like, hey, two things are important right today. It's like, breathe, and then your body's going to move faster than it's ever moved in its entire life. Just take an extra second over the rubber and do what you've been doing since you've been growing up. And you try to just keep it that simple day one. Um, the adrenaline's going to be real. You've got catchers back there that'll help you get through it. You're not trying to give them a lot of information. You're just trying to get them out there. Um, and just let them go, just go let them do what they do. I think we had Wesnitsky. I want to say Brandon Hughes's debut, he had to warm up on the mound because there was an injury. Uh. And so I think he had to, so he had to go out like straight fresh and warm up in front of everybody and, and kind of get this <laughs> thing going, which is, isn't, isn't what you would ask of anybody. And so um, it, it's definitely a lot of fun. It's, I think what makes it even a little bit more fun is this group that kind of came up this year they've been together in the minor leagues for a while. And so the joy that you would see watching their teammate make their debut was really neat. Yeah. The camaraderie, you know, we've had a, lot, a chance to talk to a lot of different minor league guys and pitchers in general. And, and, you know, the one thing I always ask him is, Hey, who do you like to watch? Who do you kind of keep tabs on? You know, and they're just so excited to talk about their teammates. And, and that's what, as a Cub fan, that's what's got me excited is, is just, you know, I, I saw this before with all this talent bubbling up when I saw it in 2013, 2014, those times, you know, I couldn't name a lot of pitchers. Now it's almost equally divided when you say, okay, you got a PCA, you got a Matt Mervis, you know, you can go back and I, okay, Luis Devers, Hayden Wisniewski, you can throw out a whole bunch of other names. And, and, and as you guys, you know, in charge of pitching, that's got to be excited to think about, you know, as good as I believe this team is going to be as far as pitching come opening day, there's also going to be help on the way. It's going to be waves of talent, I think. And that's got to be something that you may be keeping an eye on, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think we, we saw kind of in May where we kind of got caught without some of that depth and you can see how quickly, how quickly it can tear you down a little bit. And so, um, you know, the second half of the season, I think we saw that depth that you're talking about come up and shine and, and excuse me, through the course of the season, you're going to, you're going to run through 2025 20, pitchers sometimes. And, and the least amount of downfall you can take with every guy that comes up, the better off you're going to be. And, and I, and I think our minor league group does a great job with that. I think Tommy leads our group incredibly well and understanding that when these guys get here, we're still going to develop them, that they're here to win and it's time to win. And that's what we're walking into right now is like your job today is to win. But at the same time, 
Tommy's going to lead our group in a way that that we're going to make sure they're not missing out development when they're up here too. That, that's it's great. And like I said, for, for an organization like the Cubs, I mean, when I think about, you know, the last great pitchers developed, I mean, it's, it's just, it's a small list. So it's, it's fun to kind of see what's going on. So as we talked about, we got Cubs con coming up and then pitchers and catchers report in February. What's that like for you to get out to Mesa and, and kind of see the fans. And, and, and there's also the regulars, you know what I mean? There's, there's the big kind of spring break crowd, but there's the regulars that I'm sure you're on a first name basis without it Sloan, right? Yeah, it is. It's, it's, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I'm ready to fully commit to thinking about Mesa yet. I don't feel like I've been home that long, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just, it is, it's exciting. I mean, Cubs convention is going to be a blast now. Like we were talking about when we first started going on, like it's going to be neat to see some familiar faces now and, and to catch up with some fans. And, and there's a whole group out there in that bullpen above our, or in the bleachers above our bullpen that are just, that are just great people. And they're there every day. And, and they're into it and they're supporting you. And so it'll be fun to kind of see them and catch up a little bit. And, and then, yeah, you're right. Spring training. It's, I don't, it's again, it's like they take Wrigley and just move it South. You know, you're 12, 13,000 people in a spring training game down there. It's, it's incredible and a ton of familiar faces and, and uh, it's nice. It's a blast. It's a, it's an incredible, it's an incredible place to have spring training. So um, I don't want to lie to you and say, I'm looking forward to it today, but um I think once uh, once Christmas kind of you get through Christmas and some really good family time, uh, January rolls around. Your uh, your head your head squarely turned to Mesa. Well, you know what the weather's like in Chicago. It's about to get thirty degrees tomorrow. We're going from seventy to thirty, and the second it hits thirty, that's when my brain starts clicking into Arizona. So I'll be ready. I just I just had a conversation today with Brandon Hughes, and he and he uh, I didn't he didn't get my phone call. And he texted me back and he said, "Hey, seventy degrees in Michigan playing golf." you understand right and i'm like yeah buddy we're all good let's uh, we'll catch up another time so i uh i spent some time growing up in illinois and ohio i understand those winters i, I definitely get it we'll be there hey see why i appreciate you coming on it, it's great to have you and and you've done such a great job like i said that pitching infrastructure and what you guys have built down there as someone that's you know goes to a lot of games and kind of just has seen the development and how that's grown it's been a real pleasure and we look forward to talking to you again soon yeah, it's been a blast. I appreciate it. It's fun. Um, we got a great group of guys. I love our infrastructure and and I love the opportunities like this. I don't think there's many places where where fans and, and people and players and coaches connect like they do with this ball with it with this organization. And so it's fun to do this and create some time in the offseason. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. Take care.